Welcome to Flowcast, the podcast for the life of the world by the Dominican Sisters of Springfield, Illinois. I'm your host, Sister Karen Friend, and today, in honor of the 150th anniversary of the founding of our congregation here in Illinois, I'm interviewing three sisters about some of the changes they've seen in this life and ministry over the years that they've been part of it. I will let our guests introduce themselves. I'm Sister Martha Carmody. I was born at Fort Bliss, Texas in El Paso while my dad was stationed in the Army. He was in the Army until I was four. And then we moved to a little town called Berdan, just north of Carrollton, Illinois. And uh, from there, I went to grades one and two at St. John's in Carrollton and was taught by Springfield Dominican Sisters. Then when I was in third grade, we moved to Hardin, where I went to St. Norbert's for the remainder of my grade school years. And again, I had Springfield Dominican Sisters, and I loved them all and uh, always wanted to be a teacher. Off and on, thought about being a sister, but I don't know, it, it took a while for my seed to germinate, let's say. Um, I graduated from Quincy College with a bachelor's in elementary education and then a master's from SIUE in Edwardsville and taught for 24 years in Calhoun Unit 40 and uh, was very active in the community and my church there. And I entered the Springfield Dominicans when I was 45. So I'm a late bloomer, but the entering here filled a void that I had felt in my heart, and I've been at peace ever since entering, and I love this life. Thank you, Martha. I'm Sister Barbara Ann Bogenschutz. I was born and raised here in Springfield, and I went to Christ the King for my grade school years and was taught by our Dominican sisters of Springfield. And then I went to Sacred Heart Academy and, again, was taught by our sisters there. So I kind of grew up with them. My mom also worked in the parish office over at Christ the King, and so we were used to having the priests around and the sisters either taking them to look at Christmas lights or taking them to doctor's appointments and just different things throughout the year. So I kind of grew up being around religious. I entered after high school, so I was 17 when I entered. And I've been in the community for 47 years. And that's kind of how I started off as being coming to the community. Well, like Sister Barbara Ann, I'm also an Illinois person. My name's Sister Anita Clary, and I grew up in Homewood, Illinois. And I had Adrian Dominicans for grade school and our community for high school. I met the sisters when I was in fourth grade when my older brother was a freshman at Marian Catholic. I have a nursing background, but I have switched to a variety of different ministries over the years. Anita, maybe you could say a little bit more about what you're doing right now in your ministry. Okay. Well, I've been in community 36 years, and um, right now I work at Jubilee Farm, just west of Springfield, and I wear lots of different hats. I'm a spiritual, spiritual and retreat director. I teach Spanish and anything related to the fiber arts, um, the weaving and spinning, incorporating that into classes and retreats. 
care of animals and things with the, in the gardens. So lots of different hats. Good. What about the other two? What What are you involved in right now as far as ministry is concerned? I started teaching, first of all, in grade school and five different grade schools. But now I am out on the reservation in South Dakota, the Pine Ridge Reservation. This is actually my third reservation to work on. And for 22 years, I've worked with Native Americans. Right now, I'm in charge of one of the Catholic churches under Red Cloud Indian School. And it's in the community called Oglala. And the name of the church is Our Lady of the Sioux. We only have mass on Sunday, but we do a lot of outreach and a lot of caring of the people each day. I also lead a lot of funerals and burials, probably about 30 a year. Well, recently I've joined Anita at Jubilee Farm. What was formerly the woodworking shop is I'm in process of converting into an arts and crafts center for children. So I'm excited about getting that new ministry underway. Good. And you're of an age, um, most of you, who entered religious life at a time when it was somewhat different from the way we live it right now. What are some of the changes that you've seen over the years in your religious life? Back when I was in school, the sisters wore their long habits, and when I entered, we were wearing the long habit. And so clothing changes to the short habit and now variations of, of what we wear. So it doesn't so much define us by what we look and we're wearing, but who we are and the ministries we do. And I find that we're a lot more opening to various ministries that we can partake in and begin, like even the Jubilee Farm that Anita has been a part of for many years, and now Martha's joining in. But besides education, there are so many other areas we work in, and the pastoral work has been going on for many years, and reservation work started just about 22 years ago. And so Although I'm the only one working in that area now, I first of all joined another sister, Sister Kristen Crawford, my classmate, and I was with her for a very short time. So she was kind of like the founding of that whole beginning ministry. What other changes? Okay, um, very much um, like you mentioned, Barbara Ann, with the habit. When I entered, we were pretty much in the short habit, but we did wear the long habit one day a week. And then in the hospital ministry, I, at one point, I was working in the infirmary and with the babies in the nursery, would be a better word. And so using a stethoscope with a veil was, my veil was always cockeyed. And so um, when we had the opportunity to switch to a skirt and blouse, that was very convenient. But the ministries have changed so much over the years, like you were saying, even with the opportunity from the 1960s on to be able to serve with our sisters in Peru. It also was a very life-enriching experience for me. But just knowing that we have many options, when I entered, I thought, figured I'd be in the hospital system for the next 40, 50 years. And I've done so many different things since then. It's been such a gift. Um, being a late bloomer, um, many of the changes that Anita and Marv have talked about happened to before I entered. So I wasn't really a part of those. But I would say... Probably, you know, the the change that I have enjoyed the most and have really respected is the ability of our sisters to discern their, you know, their ministry, you know, to 
accept what is suggested to tweak it to make it your own or to go completely you know elsewhere as long as we're helping people you know for the life of the world it's accepted by our community you're you're kind of talking about um, the way we live together when you describe that in in vowed living how would you see that evolving in your lifetime? I think as bound religious, we're called to a certain congregation to get our rootedness, but from there we grow who we are as a person, but who also as we are as a community. And I think that changes and looks differently at different times. But at the same point, the rootedness of for us, for the life of the world, is the focus of who we are. And if we keep that focus, we continually put people as the forefront and how can we reach out those that are in front of us and support them and teach them or guide them. Many of our sisters work with those trying to learn English. We have a variety of ways in which we reach out to the life of the world, and that's a blessing. We're each bringing our gifts, and we're each being ourselves. And yes, Dominicans were part of our larger Dominican family, but the Dominican laity, the Dominican associates, the friars, the nuns. So we're, we're part of our larger group, and that brings lots of excitement and energy, too. Well, and I greatly respect the wisdom of the sisters who came before me and the sisters who are, you know, still here and still, you know, active ministries, you know, at ages 60, 70, 80, it doesn't matter, you know, they're, but the joy that is there in the sharing of who they are and what they do just gives me life, you know, and uh, just, you know, standing on the shoulders of those who came before us, you know, mm-hmm. it's just marvelous, the, the wisdom and, and the forethought that they had and, and uh, the planning that's gone into many aspects of our lives. Mm-hmm. Some of our listeners might not know what we call the four pillars of Dominican life, common life, common prayer, study, and service. Could you talk about those? How have those challenged you to live your Dominican life? How do you see those working together in your response? I think they're very much interconnected with observing what are the needs around us. How do we use our, our vows, the four pillars, with responding to the needs of the world? What's being asked of us? Who needs, who needs to be accompanied at the present moment? And that's always changing, and I think that's part of why we're in so many different places and so many different areas. Even though, Barbara Ann, you're by yourself right now, we hope that you know that we have your back, you know, that you're in our hearts and our prayers every day and the people you're working with just in the same way we know you're supporting jubilee farm from afar and i do feel the support even though i live by myself i get support from the local community i serve but i also know the community is thinking of me and praying for me and i get little text messages or emails once in a while that affirms that all over again but the coming home is always special too because it is our central place and i think Going back to the four pillars, it's important to study, 
but it's not all we do because we have to study the living books that are in front of us. And that's what I found with the Native community especially. And prayer has to be my grounding each and every day. Even though it may not always be as strong some days as others, it's got to be there. So all the pillars are important in the way we live out our service and our preaching. And it's so buried. I'm grateful for that, too, because I think that brings a wholeness to our congregation without us even realizing it. And just a, a little note there, too. Sometimes, you know, when you live in a mission with sisters who have different ministries and, you know, maybe somebody works nights and somebody else works afternoons and somebody else, you know, we find ways to be creative that we can include that person who maybe might not be there with us for this particular prayer, but, you know, we'll readjust schedules so that, you know, we can be together and that, you know, like you say, they feel the support, you know, of the rest of the community. Yes. Somebody remarked that we have a real strength in sharing those gifts together. We, we have a real strong place to come from in the work that we do. And I, I just would throw in the little story. I live with a sister whose part of her ministry is in the broader Dominican community. So it sometimes takes her up to the Chicago area. And uh, she was gone last week when we celebrated somebody's feast day. And so there was the um, iPad propped up at the end of the table, and, and there was Elise with us yeah. at the celebration we were having. So you're right, creative ways to live. But what what's, for you, what's the greatest strength you draw from being together and not just on your own? I think it's the knowledge that we're not on our own and that no matter what's happening we're being supported, whether it's through illness or tough family times or tough ministry times. There's always somebody there who knows what's going on and, and you know, the community's at prayer and we're never alone. And that's comforting. Yeah. I think the prayer component, I'd have to say, um, as we know, we're praying in Spanish in Peru and and some of the sisters might be praying in a second language from their child or a first language from their childhood, but our prayers are all united. And you know, we have our, our older sisters who spend so many hours in prayer, that's their ministry, are joining together in the local community in prayer. So I think prayer is what roots us, grounds us. Mm -hmm. Well, all of you have had lots of experience and you've laid out lots of good things about your experience of religious life. Um, what if you think about some of the stories that have been significant for you with real life people you've lived and worked with? I think I'd start with my aha moment as far as thinking to become a sister. I had a lot of interactions with sisters, and my great aunt was also a Benedict, and we visit her every summer over in Clyde, Missouri. But I wasn't really thinking about being a sister, I didn't think, until when I was a, a junior in high school, a senior in high school, also when my mom unload the dishwasher at home, and the Sodality, the sister, the group that I belonged to at SHA, 
invited the novices to come over from the mother house. And they just came over and just chit-chatted about what life was like and things like that, nothing really formal. And I said to my mom, if you were thinking about becoming a sister, they convince you. And my mom said, are you? I never answered. And I thought, oh my gosh, I think I am. And from there, it all started falling into place. So um, I never know what hand's going to be there or what words are going to be spoken or who I'm going to meet that will make invitation in that vocation that I chose, but continue to choose each and every day. So I'm grateful for that gift of God. Having my sisters in high school was, I think, very much a part of my vocation story, though I went to nursing school and worked for a year first before I entered. When I was in high school, my older brother was really sick, and I spent a lot of time after school helping his sisters with some of the different projects or just talking about what was happening at home and, and that. And so they very much were joyful people and um, listened and cared. And that was very much a part of, I wanted to be like them. I wanted to be part of people living that way and supporting other people. And I looked at different communities before I entered, but I felt most at home, especially when I walked through the door the first time. It's like, I knew this is where I was going to be coming back to. Like I said, um, I had the Springfield Dominicans all through grade school. Um, there wasn't a Catholic high school anywhere near where we lived, so I did not go to a Catholic high school. But uh, so, And then I went away for four years for college. But when I came back to Calhoun and started my teaching career in Campsville, the Dominican sisters were still at St. Norbert's in Hardin, and it was there that I actually became friends with some of the sisters where I interacted as an adult, I guess I would say, you know, with them for the first time and where they really became mentors. And that's where, you know, their life really started to uh, look good to me and became an invitation to delve deeper into what the possibilities were. And I'm not sorry I did. I think all three of you um, emphasize the fact that all ministry is relational or it doesn't happen. It isn't just work. All ministry is relational. And so thanks so much for what you've contributed to this discussion. It's, it's been very rich. These sisters shared from their hearts lots of stories about how God's working in their ordinary, everyday lives and relationships. And did you know it that the words flowcast come from one of our important statements at our last chapter for the life of the world? Um, flowcast, it gives our podcast a special title and meaning for us as Dominicans. You could look at flowcastlisten.org, all the episodes that are listed on our website, and you can subscribe to receive this each week in your inbox. There in the show notes, you'll also find some other things that might be very interesting to you. Finally, a big thanks to the Flowcast team, Sister Beth Murphy, and Brandon Durham. I'm Sister Karen Friend. Thank you for listening and God bless.